Salutations, Creation Nation. It is the one and only N.M. Porterfield with another episode of Storytime. Now, y'all missed me last week because I was celebrating both my son and my father-in-law's birthday, so I did a lot of traveling. It's pretty busy last week, um, but I'm back this week, and I'm back with another story for Storytime, and no story is bigger right now than the coronavirus, everything that is going on with that. So we're going to talk about uh, what is fact, what is fiction, should we be terrified, should we not be terrified? What's really going on with this thing? What is it exactly? And what should we be doing to prepare for it? So uh, it is your favorite author and in Porterfield with another episode of Storytime. And today it is the coronavirus. What's going on, world? Once again, it is your favorite author, N.M. Porterfield. And if you are creative for yourself and you're looking for an outlet to get your content or your voice out, then you need to check out Anchor.fm. I've been using it for over a year now, and I love it. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain a few things. First of all, it's completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. I actually do a lot of my stuff on the go. And then Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it basically gives you everything you need to make a great podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. One of the greatest joys I have in this life is storytelling. Whether it's superpowered teenagers, high-paid assassins, or ancient demon hunters, I am driven by the process of telling compelling stories that engage and entertain people. My hope is that through these tales, I can inspire others to attain to new heights in their own creativity, to tell the stories of others through my lens and bring a smile to the faces of other individuals. Now you have a chance to be a part of my story by subscribing to my Patreon and helping me to grow my writing and my publishing company to the next level. With your support, I'll be able to create new content for you like podcasts, audiobooks, and more. To get started, just sign up at patreon.com slash your favorite author. So if you have been anywhere or if you're basically not in a coma, then you have heard about the coronavirus and have probably been impacted by it by now. Um, I live in North Carolina and just recently our governor closed all of the schools uh, for the next two weeks, uh, which impacts me and my children. Um, You know, a lot of businesses are shutting down. My job has me at home. For the next two weeks. So, you know, you're more than likely you've been impacted by it. If you haven't been impacted as far as work or school, if anything, you've been impacted by it by going to the grocery store and not being able to buy toilet paper. Uh, this thing has, has gotten out of control. And if, if you're like me and I'm 33 years old, um, you've probably never seen anything like this uh, to this extent in your lifetime. Um, you may have seen bits and pieces of it, like, you know, 
once again, living in North Carolina, whenever a, a snowstorm or a hurricane comes through, we clear out the grocery stores. Yeah, that happens. But the NBA doesn't shut down or the economy doesn't, you know, continuously lose trillions of dollars. So uh, there's a lot of things that we're seeing right now that are new, that are scary, that are throwing people for a loop and they don't know what's going on. So I want to do my best to kind of talk about my thoughts and feelings on the coronavirus, the things I know, the things I don't know, the things that we're we should be looking for things we should worry about and shouldn't worry about, right? So I'm I'm just like you. I'm an everyday citizen. I did work in a lab for almost a decade. Um, so as far as having some medical expertise, I do um, have some awareness about some of these things, but I'm not a virologist. I'm not a pathologist, so I can't diagnose anything, but I do understand the way a lot of these things work. And so I can speak to my understanding. Um, so where do, where do we go with the coronavirus? First thing we're going to do, let's start with where it came from. So the coronavirus or coronavirus in general is a brand of a type of virus. So we've seen other types of coronaviruses before. SARS is a form of coronavirus. MERS is a type of coronavirus. This is another form of coronavirus. What does that mean? It means that we've seen something similar before, but we haven't seen necessarily this one before. And you can tell that we haven't seen this before because of the impact of it. Right. So that is what a coronavirus is or, or that's a basic overlay of what a coronavirus, the coronavirus is. It's something we've seen before. And if you want the actual definition of coronavirus, give me one second. I will define that for you. It is any group of RNA viruses that causes a variety variety of diseases in humans and other animals. And so that's where this thing started. It started in a Wuhan province of China in a wet market. Now, what a wet market is, is where they sell live and dead animals together. And so there were some animals that had this coronavirus, this virus. People consumed these animals, got sick, and then the virus mutated in a way that it can be transferred not just from animal to human, but also from human to human. And so it started to spread kind of in a way that China freaked out about, but didn't fully report the extent of it to us. They they told us that they had it under control. They quarantined that one area and made it seem like it was kind of stopped where it was. Uh, the issue is that we, at that time, no one really understood how this coronavirus, COVID-19, how it behaved. And so it behaves um, a little bit differently than some of the other viral infections that we've seen in the past. So um, most viral infections that we've seen in the past, what happens is you start to express symptoms and then you become contagious. Um COVID-19 or the coronavirus that we are currently dealing with, the epidemic that we're dealing with, you become infectious, highly infectious, uh, long before you ever begin to show symptoms. And so that means is that before you even know you've got it, you've probably spread it to two or three other people. In fact, um, they they did a, a comparison on the rate of infection between the coronavirus and the seasonal flu. And so with the seasonal flu, for every one person that gets infected, they usually infect one other person. 
but the coronavirus infects almost three people for every one person that's been infected. And so that's why it seems like the numbers of infection are rising so quickly because this is a much more infectious disease. Now, um, as far as, as, is it something that, um, you know, can be treated. Um, right now, they're using a lot of antiviral um, medications in the hospitals to kind of treat it. But the issue is that the testing for it, we we are behind on the testing for it. And when I say we, I mean us as a world, as as a planet globally, we are just not ready uh, to test for it. Um, so one of the chemicals that is so so there's two parts to the testing. There's the um, the screening, and then there's the extraction portion of it. The, the screening part comes with the kits, but there is a chemical in the extraction part that deals with the RNA aspect of it. Um, and that chemical is only produced in Germany and Spain. And right now, because the whole world is scrambling to get it, there's a shortage. Um, so right now they're trying to ramp up efforts to make sure that they have everything they need so that they can test properly uh, to be able to determine who has coronavirus and who doesn't. Um, but right now it's just, everyone is behind the eight ball and that's why we're being hit the way we are. Um, as far as the symptoms and, and these are things, like I said, I want this to be more educational than anything. Um, I don't, I don't want people to freak out because there, there's two level, there's two types of people right now when it comes to the coronavirus, basically. There's the people who are like, oh, my gosh, I need to buy every single thing out of the stores. Um, The world is ending. Let me let me, you know, buy up a thousand rolls of toilet paper. Let me buy milk for the next three years. Things like that. There's that type of person. And then there's the person who's saying, oh, this is nothing but a cold. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. Um, You know, don't even stress it. And both of those, um, unfortunately, are dangerous. Uh, the first is dangerous because it incites panic. It causes people to act irrationally. It spreads misinformation. And it, you know, is just dangerous to be that way, especially uh, in terms of your relationship to the rest of society. If one person is panicking, buying up everything and everyone else starts doing the same thing, it leaves the rest of us uh, under under supplied, underprepared uh, to deal with this thing. Um, the other instance of people who are not taking it serious are also dangerous because of the fact that uh, they could be potentially spreading uh, coronavirus because they themselves are not taking it serious. So they're not taking the proper precautions. Um, they could be a, a, a detriment or a liability to others because they did not prepare themselves. Um, there's just so many other things. And so where we need to be as a society, we need to fall in the middle. We need to take this serious, but taking it serious does not mean that we need to freak out and spend our life savings on groceries that we won't necessarily need. What we need to do is be thoughtful, use common sense and be prepared. So the first part of common sense dealing with the coronavirus is wash your hands, people. This shouldn't have been something that we have to tell people. Um, But I can't tell you how many times I've walked out of a bathroom and someone else walks out with me and I know they didn't wash their hands. This is, is elementary school. We teach children to wash their hands when they leave the bathroom. 
Do the same thing. Wash your hands when you use the bathroom. Wash your hands before touching food. Wash your hands if you touch surfaces that other people have touched. Like, it's just common sense stuff. All right. The next thing you want to do is make sure that you have supplies in the event that something happens. That doesn't mean buy stuff for the next year. That means you need to buy stuff that would adequately supply you for the time being that is ex- you're expected to potentially not be able to grab resources. So that means buying water that would cover you and your family for right now they're thinking up to four, four weeks or a month. Um, yes, that is feasible and, you know, people can do that without freaking out. Um, you know, getting food, making sure you have canned goods, perishables, things, non-perishables, things like that, but not buying up the whole store. Like it's, it's ridiculous that there's no toilet paper anywhere. People, if, if I had been smart, I probably would have grabbed a, a couple of rolls to sell to people. But, um, apparently I, I did not think enough ahead to, to do that. So um, someone's out there with the to- as the toilet paper plug right now, and they got all the toilet paper, and I think it's hilarious. But common sense, guys. Like, it is a serious thing, but if you come at it with common sense, then you can combat it easily. But if you come at it panicked or if you come at it not tr- taking it serious, then it's going to impact you a different way. And I'm going to talk about how some other countries who maybe didn't take it as serious, how they've been impacted. But so you know, some of the the symptoms people may experience, runny nose, sore throat, cough, fever, and difficulty breathing. And so for the, the cases where they've had difficulty breathing, essentially what's happening is there are these spikes on the coronavirus, uh, on the viral wall of the coronavirus that makes it stick to your lungs and to your nasal passages, to your throat. And it makes it very, very difficult for you to breathe, right? To the point where it feels like, I think someone said it felt like they were drowning just trying to breathe. And so for those severe cases, for the people who are having a hard time with this and the people that are more susceptible, of course, are the elderly people who are immunocompromised, which means their immune system um, already has some type of uh, issue like, um, you know, people who have AIDS, people who have lupus or things of that nature. Um, you know, these are the people who will be impacted by this. So even if for you, you feel that you wouldn't necessarily need to worry about it. Maybe you're like, oh, I'm healthy. I'm 25. I don't have to worry about this. What about your grandmother? What about your mother? What about the family and friends and the people that you may come around that you could potentially spread this to? Because health um, health is one of those things that unfortunately, even though you have to worry about yourself, your decisions also impact others, especially when it comes to things like this. So if you decide not to have safe practices, when it comes to coronavirus, you can end up infecting and impacting other people. So be safe. Wash your hands. I will be saying that multiple times on this podcast. So now coronavirus came, uh, coronavirus came to town and everything, and I do mean everything, shut down. I mean, uh, schools are closed. Uh, California and Ohio just announced that they're shutting down bars, restaurants, nightclubs. Um, a lot of venues are going to uh, minimum capacity where like you're only allowing 50 people in at a time. 
Um, a lot of places just are just playing shutting down. I mean, the NBA canceled its season indefinitely until this is fixed. And March Madness, which, you know, if I'm a Tar Heel fan, so you know how big that is for, for me. So March Madness is is done. It's a wrap. And so why is that? Why, why are we taking such extreme measures? And the, the main reason why is because we still don't fully understand the way coronavirus is, why it does the things that it does. So for one thing, one of the main targets is the elderly population and people who have uh, different types of ailments, like we said before, immunocompromised, uh, people with diabetes, chronic uh, heart conditions and things like that. But typically with viruses and things of this nature, they usually impact the elderly and the really young because young people don't have developed immune systems. So uh, typically they are just as susceptible as the older uh, population. However, we're not really seeing it impact the younger population the way that it is, uh, that it, it should or the way that we would expect it to. Uh, the other thing about it is the way uh, how infectious people are prior to having symptoms. And so the fact that you can be highly contagious prior to ever showing any symptoms is really, really scary because there's no way to know whether or not you have it or not. You could have had it for a couple of days and done everything under the sun. And now you've spread it everywhere that you've been. And so I tried to do kind of like a mini test for myself just to kind of see, uh, not to see if I had it. I, I don't. But to see if I did, how many places I would have been that I could have exposed someone. And I couldn't even remember everything. I mean, if you try and think for a whole day, unless you just literally didn't leave or only went to one place, but on a typical day, you're like, okay, well, I went to work and I went home. But then if you think about it a little bit deeper, it's like, okay, well, I went to work, but then uh, on my way to work, I stopped and I got breakfast. I went in the bathroom at that restaurant, got my food, I went out, I went to a parking deck, I paid for my parking, I went inside my office, but then I left the office to go buy a lottery ticket. Crap. Oh, I forgot about that. Okay. Well, I went and bought the lottery ticket, but then I came back to my desk and I was there for the rest of the day for the most part, except for when I had to meet my friend to give him the tickets for the concert we were supposed to go to that uh, later on that night. And then, all right, well, then I went home, but on my way home, I stopped to the grocery store and I touched the grocery cart and I pushed it all the way around. And I had a conversation with some lady about sports. And yeah, I probably just infected at least 100 people. And that's only a 24 hour period. And so if you think about it like that, then, yeah, it is highly possible that you can infect a lot of people. And I think um, and I don't want to put speculation out there, but a lot of a lot of these situations, I don't think that we have fully grasped how many people are potentially infected uh, with the coronavirus. There are some experts who think uh, as many as 500,000 people in the U.S. have been infected. And I can believe that, especially with the lack of testing that's been done. We don't have um, as many tests as we need. And we haven't done as much testing um, as we should have. I think on Friday, we had done about 5,000 tests to report, you know, like 1,300 or 1,400 people have been infected with 30 deaths. And so we, we focus on the one number. We focus on the, oh, well, there are only like 30 deaths. So it's not that bad. But it's 30 deaths out of 1,300 that have been infected. 
out of 5,000 that have been tested. So let's look at some simple math right there. Out of 5,000 divided by 1,300, just on its own, you're looking at 26% uh, infection rate. So that means that out of everyone that has been infected, or everyone that had been tested at that point, and I'm not, I can actually pull up the numbers a little bit later on, on the current numbers, but at that point, at 5,000 people being tested, 1,300 being confirmed who had it, over a quarter of them had it. And so we say, okay, well, let's say of the 30 people that died out of 5,000, you know, that's that's not a, a big number. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's that's actually not a big number um, for the U.S. And, and that's pretty good. Um, but it's still higher than we want it to be. Like the, the goal here is zero deaths. And so to look at a potential scenario for what happens when you don't take things seriously, and this is why I think we should take it serious, but not freak out. Uh, you got to go to Italy. And so Italy's healthcare system has just been completely overwhelmed. Um, they do not have the capability to manage this situation. And, it, and it's proving by the number of deaths that they're having. It's almost doubling, it seems like, every day. Um, at this point, I think Italy alone possesses over uh, 1,200 deaths. Um, and it's still rising. And it's because their healthcare system is basically falling apart, trying to keep up with the amount of patients that they have. And so um, with the testing and the way things are going, um, they're finding out that patients are having it and they're just picking and choosing, unfortunately, uh, who they're going to treat and who they're not going to treat. And, and they just don't have the staff. Even the staff themselves are infected. And so they don't have the capability to keep up with the amount of people that are being infected. Um, I don't know the timeline of how long it took to get from China to Italy in comparison to China to the U.S. Um, but I can guarantee you that um, the amount of people that's infected here is higher than it's being reported. Uh, that's an unfortunate truth. But it's not something, like I said, I really don't want people to freak out. I want you to understand that knowledge and knowing what's going on um, is not the same as buying into hype or being distracted. Like, And uh, that's probably one of the things that drives me the most insane about being on social media is, oh, y'all distracted, but everyone thinks everyone's distracted. But no, you can just be aware of something and act accordingly. And that's what I, I want people to do. Be aware. I'm not going to use the term woke because I, I hate when people use that term because a lot of times used inappropriately and for people who don't know what they're talking about. But be aware, be conscious of what's going on and act accordingly. So if they say there is a shortage of something, don't go buy a hundred of that something to try and overcompensate because there's going to be a shortage. Buy what you need. And then address everything else accordingly. Um, it's, it's, it's hard for me, um, you know, because I worked in healthcare for so long. And, um, you know, if, you, if you're someone who believes in prayer, definitely keep healthcare workers in, in your thoughts and prayers because the hospitals don't close. When everything else closes, that's the one thing that's going to stay open is the hospitals because they have to treat everybody. 
And so there are healthcare workers who are being exposed who probably are, are confirmed to have it right now and still have to continue to work because someone has to care for these patients. Um, but uh, from my time working in healthcare, and I was I was a lab supervisor when the Ebola scare came in like 2014. And when that first happened, no one really knew how to deal with it. Everyone was kind of like, this is new. We've never dealt with this. Most of the healthcare workers, anyways, hadn't dealt with something of that nature. We had one patient come in at the facility that I was located at, and he wasn't confirmed, but he was suspected to have had it. And so we had, you know, very, you know, we had to make sure that we had our process down. We discussed it with leadership before dealing with it because, you know, the first thing we wanted to do is make sure that one, we didn't continue to spread this uh, to anyone else. That was our first priority. You know, of course, our safety is important, uh, but we need to make sure that we don't carry this out and spread it with other people. And it can be done as simply as you're going to collect a blood sample and you set the sample down on the person's bed and then you forget that you set it on their bed, you pick it back up, take it to the lab, and now it's being tested, but it's being tested and it's contaminated. And so the person who picks it up also is now contaminated. And then they go to the break room and now everyone else is contaminated. It, it works like that. And so you have to be mindful of the things that you do. Try to prevent spread if you can in your own home. Um, try to prevent spread when you, when you go to work. And so if there are things that you can avoid doing, like I saw... A lot of people were saying like, oh, look at these uh, these ticket prices and things like that. I'm about to fly to Vegas and fly to this. And the, the one thing you probably don't want to do is be on an airplane right now because you're breathing in recycled air. Everyone's breathing the same air. So, yeah, you're definitely going to get it on an airplane if, if you want to if you want to infect yourself. Go ahead. Um, and then wherever you land, you just infected everyone else. And then you come back home to your family, and infect everyone else. It's just not uh, it's just not beneficial. I understand like living living life to the fullest and all that. I'm, I'm an advocate for that, but I'm also an advocate for doing things that are common sense and, and that make sense. So um, if you can self-quarantine, if you have the ability and I understand that everyone's financial situation isn't the same. But if you have the ability to self-quarantine or, or you know, prevent spread from other people, if you if you suspect you have something, uh, do that. Don't say, oh, well, you know, I got it, but it'll be okay. It'll go away. But no, no, don't get other people sick. Don't put other people at risk. Be smart. And for God's sake, wash your hands. So I got in a long debate with a friend about how this was uh, different from things we had seen before. And at first he was kind of pushing against me, but I think he finally realized, okay, yeah, this is not something we've seen before. Um, Stock market is in what is called a bear market now, which means people aren't buying. Uh, They were getting record losses over and over and over again. Uh, The stock market stopped trading multiple times last week. Uh, The Fed tried to give the stock market $1.5 trillion to kind of boost things, and it did nothing. The Fed recently just cut the interest rate to zero. 
we'll see what that does. I don't think it'll do anything. <clears throat> um, it sounds like a bunch of doom and gloom, and and in in some ways it is because I think things are going to get bad for some people. Um, whenever things like this happen, unfortunately, uh, minority groups are impacted. Uh, a little heavier than others, uh, specifically black people. Um, I think there are people who are going to lose out on a lot of income because of this uh, income that they need to survive. Um, I think there are people who are going to uh, be put in a lot of hardships because of this situation. They're going to exhaust their savings. Um, you know, I don't trust that companies will be as forgiving uh, I pray that they are. I know that the government is working on some some potential payroll tax cuts uh, and other things, but I don't know if those things will get passed because if they do, uh, they will affect your, your Social Security and Medicare. So um, for those people who are dependent on those things, um, yeah, it would put a trillion dollars into the income of people who are working and then uh, those same people later on won't be able to take those benefits and use them. So uh, there's a lot going on right now. There's a lot to be nervous about because, like I said, we haven't really seen this before. And there's no telling how bad it's going to get or if it's going to get better. Some people theorize that when it gets warmer, it could fade away. Um, one of the leading uh, viral researchers, I think his name is Michael Osterhaus, uh, watched him on uh, Joe uh, Rogan's podcast uh, discussing the other coronavirus uh, viruses that we've dealt with, SARS and MERS. And so uh, MERS was in the Middle East um, and it dealt with, uh, it came mostly from camels infecting people, but uh, it also came in very hot temperatures. So um, there's a chance that this won't go away when it gets warm. There's a chance that it will. What I'm saying that to say is that there's a lot about COVID-19 that we still really don't know. But the way that you get through it and the way that you come out better on the other end is to stay informed, to use common sense decision making, to protect yourself by washing your hands. I told you I was going to say it multiple times. To protect your family by washing your hands and protect your community by washing your hands. Avoiding unnecessary exposure and listening to medical and health professionals when they tell you things. I know a lot of people like to say, oh, the media is just stirring you up and trying to scare you into doing something else. Uh, no, sometimes things like this just happen. Um, and maybe the reason that people are scared is because this is something scary. Uh, it is unknown. Medical professionals don't even know how to handle it. Uh, the fact that the government is taking it serious should let you know that it's something serious. The fact that countries are locking down their borders should let you know that this is serious. Um, but at the same time, you got to stay hopeful. Um, like I said, this is not a death sentence. Catching coronavirus isn't a death sentence automatically. But if you take the right precautions, even if you do get sick, you can uh, 
recover from it and everything will be okay. You go back to living your life. Um, just be smart. That's all you can do about this really is just be smart. Uh, pay attention. Pay attention to yourself. So if you start to notice that you have any of those symptoms, um, and once again, those symptoms are runny nose, sore throat, cough, fever, difficulty breathing. Um, definitely have someone check you. There's a hotline that you can call. Um, you know, Google the, the number for the uh, Center for Disease Control, your local health department. Um, these groups will be able to point you to the right direction for testing. Uh you know, if you do feel like you have it, you know, definitely get tested. Or if you know someone who does have it, you know, encourage them to get tested. Um, protect yourself. Protect your family. Stop buying up all the doggone toilet paper. Um, but pay attention. Uh, pay attention for financial reasons. Um, if you were like me and you have a 401k, you probably lost a lot of money due to the changes in the stock market. I feel for you. I do. Um Pay attention to those changes in the market and the things that that are going on, because there will be opportunities to rebound and uh, buy into other stocks and and things and and get your money back or or reinvest and uh, shape things up in in a way that'll that'll be better for you. But you have to, you know, pay attention. Don't be fearful. Don't shut down. That's not how you handle this. You know, you keep your eyes open and you watch. But. That's my time. I want everyone to, of course, wash your hands, but uh, stay safe out there. Be smart, uh, be prudent and and doing what you need to do as far as protecting yourself and supplying yourself uh, for days to come. I know a lot of people um, are speculating that there may be like some mandatory quarantining. Um, The reason for that is if people aren't around each other, they cannot infect each other. Um, so if, if you think to, uh, some of the Ebola cases back in the day, I want to say it was like back in the seventies or sixties, there was an Ebola case, uh, in Africa. And I think majority of the village ended up dying out sadly. Um, but when that happened, there was no one else to infect. And so it couldn't spread anymore and it eventually died out. Um, of course with this, we don't want people to die out, but we want to prevent modes of transmission. So if that happens and you end up being at home, um, it is to stop the spread. Um, hopefully your Netflix account is queued up and you got plenty of things to watch. Um, hopefully your children don't drive you crazy if that is the case and that ends up happening. Um, but, you know, with all of that, regardless of what happens, be safe, be smart. Uh, it's your favorite author. I write books. Uh, Continue to support, follow, and share this podcast. Um, And I thank you once again for checking in for another episode of Storytime.